This is BioBusters, Professors Hanging Out Talking Science, episode number 48, recorded on December 6, 2021. Hello, folks. You are listening to the podcast about all things science. I am Dr. Abby Abdallah. I am here with Dr. Foner and Dr. Keller came back. We missed you last time. Were you worried? For good. Uh, Well, yes, but were you worried? (laughs) No, we weren't worried. No, we we trust you. You know, we knew we knew you were busy with fam, and so you know, this time of year is very difficult for for micro at least. So I'm I'm really busy at work and and home, of course. And you know, I I'll make a a pledge to be here more often for our shorter episodes. I, I like it. Yeah. Stuff gets in the way, especially in the fall. And well, now that now that the fall semester is starting to calm down a little bit, not that we're going to be, you know, weekly or every few days. It's, but, it's tough. Everybody has different yeah. schedules, and you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. We try to stick Florida to an and, episode every two weeks, and you know, we'll we'll try. I to think stick we need to, Yeah, we need yeah. to get back on the schedules. So. I agree. I agree. So here we are, for better or worse. All right. So we've got uh, December 6, nineteen twenty. Who? Uh, uh, Keller, it. why don't you tell us about George yeah, so Porter. George Porter, the Baron Porter of Londonham, uh, born December 6, 1920, and died August 31st, 2002. Is that right, man? That's a long time. It's a good age. Uh, yeah, George bad. Porter, yeah, George Porter was a British chemist who was awarded the Nobel Prize in chemistry in 1967. His chemistry degree was from the University of Leeds, and he obtained his doctorate from the University of Cambridge in 1949 for research investigating free radicals produced by photochemical means. Uh, His research revolved around flash photolysis, uh, which uh, is a lab technique where uh, a certain sample is excited by a strong pulse of light, and this this increase in energy levels in the sample leads to a, a reaction that, that can be captured. Uh, and it is believed that George Porter provided the first evidence of free radicals, and his research was helpful in, in elucidating some of the details of uh, photosynthesis. Yeah, he uh, was big on apparently light-dependent reactions, or his research led to that, that sure. flash photolysis business. Yeah, but, but free radicals goes way beyond that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. Free oh, radicals. Yeah. I mean, yeah. increases biology, human far. disease. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, did a, I did a lot of research on nitric oxide and inducible. Mm-hmm. Uh, neutrophils? Inducible. In neutrophils? Or macrophages. What's that? In neutrophils or macrophages? Macrophages mainly. Cool. Uh, we, we looked at INOS or inducible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we were looking at it in terms of a uh, immunomodulator in kids with malaria. Very, one of, that was my first paper actually ever. Huh. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on nice. That. Maybe, yeah, uh, yeah. maybe one day we'll talk more about that. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to poke holes in it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no we won't do challenge that. You. We won't do that to you. But you. do tell us about Thank your you. background. You've got some. Round so I do believe this things. is an old background we have before, but I thought I'd share it. So if you check it out. Uh, what we're looking at here is a protozoan parasite under the microscope. This is actually how we diagnose it. We would take a, a sample and uh, look under light microscopy. This is Trichomonas vaginalis, which is uh, the really the only parasitic, specifically parasitic STD. 
and mm-hmm. mainly affects women. Yeah, yeah. Well, men, men have it too, right? They just uh, well, men have it, but it's asymptomatic. Uh-huh. So really, only women have symptoms, yeah, which it's, is uh, you know, unfortunate. Even though it's an STD, you know, yeah. it's mainly treated in in women. Uh, it's one of the few you know parasites that we really look at in terms of an you know an STD infection. So yeah. Yeah. The unfortunate part for males is they don't know they have it. So they keep passing it on. And, you know, yeah, it's unclear whether it's normal floor or an asymptomatic infection, but um, clearly, I mean, I I think we're talking 7 million infections, at least worldwide. Uh, There's a good number. number. I've seen, I've seen conflicting numbers, but it's, it's way up there. So there's a good number of these. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking of numbers, uh, can we get a coronavirus update uh, as of 12, 6, 2021? Yeah. So um, in terms of worldwide cases, we're sitting at about 266.5 million um, worldwide deaths at about 5.2 million for cases in the U.S. We're sitting at approximately 50 million. And then for deaths in the U.S., um, 808,000 deaths Uh, for the vaccination effort in the U.S., uh, 11 percent of the U.S. is partially vaccinated. And then 59% in the U.S. are fully vaccinated. And when you add those totals together, including partial vaccinations, you're getting approximately 71% or so for the U.S. vaccination. Effort. And for that fully vaccinated, I think yeah. uh, the number counts the two doses, not the booster. Not the three. Okay. That's what I was just about so to ask you. What's, yeah. where's, where's the booster number? Um, I, I haven't been able to find reliable numbers on that yet i'm not saying it's not out there actually well I, I, if it's I not look, easily readily available it's not out there yeah i i, I didn't look, right I, I didn't look hard enough i guess maybe but. oh yeah i don't think you should have to look that hard to find data like that yeah um, but I mean, i'm it, sure i'm sure it's being tracked uh it maybe well, just we'll not being hopefully released we'll have yet. it for next episode yeah yeah no yeah i'll try to find it it's been about a month and a half since the booster has been readily available to it's everybody. Really, it seems like it's been longer, but okay. Is it longer? Well, longer longer for certain groups uh, yeah. to all adults over 18, I think just a few weeks, right? So it, yeah. it, it, we may not get right. a full picture yet. Um, uh, what about the global vaccination effort? Okay. Um, sitting at about 8.21 billion doses, which is a just a gargantuan number that's to huge. think about. 8.21 billion. That's unbelievable. Lots of money um, too. Oh yeah. Lots of money making yeah. happening. Um, 55% of the world's population has received at least one dose and 6.2% of individuals in low income countries have received at least one dose. So still a bit of a disparity there. Yeah, you know, um, as I was looking through this, uh, some of this data, you know, I was like, you know, 71% uh, for at least one dose, right, is 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 up there, right? We mm-hmm. we as immunologists or microbiologists, whatever, we'd like to see the number closer to 80, 90, you know, but will we get there? I don't know, right? So then I was like, okay, what is the effect of these vaccines? We've talked about it before, you know, they reduce your risk, risk of dis- health, uh, uh, death or whatever, right? But then I was like, okay, let me, let me take a look at the state of New York, which got hit early on in the pandemic. One of the worst numbers, worst number of deaths, you know, came out of New York and New York City. So I was like, let me look at their numbers, right? So 
Today, actually yesterday, December 5th, 2021, they had a seven-day average of 8,881 cases. A year ago, same a year ago, they also had the same number of cases, 8,815, seven-day average. Right? So basically you're telling me over the year, nothing they did actually had an effect. No, no. The numbers fluctuate, fluctuated. Some of the stuff sure, that they did. But we're back to no, where it was a year ago. What now? Because the winter cases mm-hmm. are spiking up north, et cetera. But then I was like, okay, so they're having the same number of cases per day. What about the hospitalizations and deaths, right? And the difference between a year ago and today is we went from almost no unvaccinated to in New York, in New York state, almost, you know, 80% vaccinated, right? So daily hospitalization for New York state today is three hospitalizations per 100,000 people in in the population of the entire state, not just New York city. So three Mm -hmm. per 100,000. A year ago, we were sitting at five per 100,000. And how does that have to do with vaccines? I'm just asking, I, you know, we, we have all these reports. The vaccines are, if, if you get it and you're vaccinated, you're going to have less severe disease. I, are you, so are those numbers, are those numbers, of- the three per hundred thousand, are those in people without vaccines or this is, this is in, Oh, Oh, vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Yeah. The numbers yeah. are huge when you compare, this is looking at the entire population of both vaccinated and unvaccinated. So, I mean, to me, the vaccines aren't doing anything in, in terms of the number of cases, but if they are having an impact, it would be on the severity of cases. Yeah. They're I mean, having, we're yeah, gonna be exactly. with, this is not hospitalization. Yeah. That's why, that's why I looked at hospitalization. Yeah. I didn't this is, look, yeah. this is not going anywhere. True. I mean, we, oh, no. we will be with COVID no, for the rest yeah, of our absolutely. lives. You know, and, and, yeah. in Erie, at least I know that the flu, we've had a few flu cases. So it's coming. It's not going. It's not like flu is going to go away no. and be replaced by COVID. No, that's that something- COVID will adapt. Uh, eventually, COVID will become a mild flu is my guess. But it'll always be around. It, it, yeah. And it's just another variant now that we have to deal with. Oh, yeah. And we've talked about this before. We've said before, have- before anybody else has. But I missed that, the whole episode, so I wanted to throw it Yeah, out. no, we've said before that, actually, we did talk about it last episode, that now coronavirus here. So is here are. to stay. It's not going anywhere. This is going to become one of our cyclical yearly infections. Let's learn to live with it and minimize our risk as much as possible, like we do with other respiratory infections. Agreed. I still, you know, I'm going to keep saying it. I want to see... I want to include people that have been that have actually had the disease. Why are they not included? We're not actually measuring people that are protected. We're measuring we're, people we're that have been stuck not, by We're needle. still not measuring. Uh, we're not doing natural that. immunity. And, and, and we're, I, we're I get it. That's, that's that an extra step. No, that we should. But we should, saying we should you got that. stuck with a needle again does not mean you're protected. If we really want to get down to the bottom and say these people ha- have antibodies. We need to look at people that have, have had the virus. And I think that but, but clearly antibodies are not protective from infection. People are getting true. reinfected. True. So so what's the point of getting yeah. vaccinated or not? I, I guess prevent we, death. We're, our listeners are going to think about that. No, no, prevent death. And we, no, we prevent know prevent severity death. of disease. Exactly. Sure. Prevents the severity prevents of disease. Death. Get or the vaccine so you don't later, die from it. Is it a year later that we uh, we can identify those folks better? I mean, now we have better markers to indicate people that are going to have severe disease. And we know 
who we need to to monitor for treatment. Yeah, the, the, is that part of it? Would you admit that's part of it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's evident. It's clear that the vaccine does not protect from getting infected. We, we yeah, so or it, passing it, it, dep- it on. Or passing it on. And, and, and that's the big deal. So all these mass mandates and everything that that are making people so angry on the either side of a political thing, this is all political. It has nothing to do with science. No, it has. Well, no. It, 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 the, you mean the like vaccine the vaccination? Mandate? I mean like yeah. a vaccine mandate. It has nothing to do on science. It, it, it does. Really does. In reducing death. Of course it does. Now we know that, but we that's not the reason we went into it. We went into it saying we're going to prevent cases well we didn't know now we know it didn't didn't happen look at the numbers didn't happen we didn't know we didn't know we know better now yeah we didn't know i mean scientists at the beginning did not know whether glad it did something prevent infection or not yeah we didn't know the fact that we don't include people that have natural immunity is an issue it's a big issue you should you should uh you should uh, i should run run congress i know yeah yeah or or go down the NIH. nobody's gonna listen to me and start testing people with antibody levels well, that's, I, I, that's, but do you agree, Delbert, that that would be a, a measure of protection? I've said I agree As three a, times now. I agree with you that we should look at people's so level we, of antibodies. I think I've said that three times I know it's more expensive, now. but that's that's the way to do it. And, you know, there are studies out there saying that that there are people that have been vaccinated that don't get antibody levels. Which, very which is rare. true of any vaccine. Very, very rare. Let, no, let's, let's, be, let's, okay, let's not, not put as much that as out there. Let's sure. not put that out there. Very rare. True, but it happens. It does happen. Of course it happens, but very rare. Let's let's be clear. And even Vacc- if you are vaccinated, you're not. For the most part, vaccinations induce strong protective antibodies. For that the pre- most part, but so does prevent natural immunity. From not counting dying from the disease. That's important for people to know. I agree. I agree. But let's just face it. You can still get COVID if you're vaccinated. Yeah, of course. Or We're all going to get COVID. You will get COVID. I will get COVID. Fauna we'll will see get about COVID. That. I will take that challenge right there. <laughs> we are. I have all not gonna, had it. I have not had it to date. We are all going to get COVID, man. It's just going to be. It's going to be yeah. part of our normal infections. The only thing forward. I'm going to get is probably the. Uh, uh, what, what was it? Omicron? Is that what I heard it called the other day? Omicron. Yeah. So <laughs> Biden Omicron. in one of his uh, press conferences <laughs> called it Omicron. I think He's not the only one. I've heard. Oh, I've heard it many times by other people. Oh, he I've heard it by stuff. everybody. He got a lot of, of the Omicron. I'm like, but that's not a Greek letter. No. So I actually looked up the pronunciation, believe it or not, in the Webster's Dictionary. There are apparently two ways to pronounce this correctly. I, I, I guess either Latin. Let me see if I can get it. Omicron or Omicron. Yeah, yeah, either or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Omicron or Omicron. So it was, was my fraternity days just paid off right there. So there you go. It, one it, thing you learn. If if anybody knows Greek alphabet, we've skipped over a few letters. Sure. <laughs> and one one of one of the ones that I don't think the who will ever use is the X I or C or Psi. Yeah. I thought it was Kai. I always thought it was Kai. C-H-I. Yeah, Kai. Like yeah, Kai but, Square. But I don't think they will uh, use it, given that the uh, Chinese president's uh, yep. name is. Uh, yeah, yeah I, re- I read about there. that. I read about that the yeah, other that's day. Not there are a but few. Anyway, anyway. So Omicron, designated by the World Health Organization on November 26th as a new variant of concern, and everybody freaked out. Everybody, whole. It was wow. first. Detected in South Africa, and uh, ironically, though, you know, South Africa got punished for it by everybody blocking travel from South Africa. But uh, the only reason they picked it up is because they have good labs that detect these 
respiratory variants. They did what they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. And turns out it's everywhere. We 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 know it's everywhere. <laughs> you know, uh, us scientists know if you, you know, find it in one country, it's everywhere. You know, it's just that I can't believe it's actually a viable virus with all of the mutations it has. Yeah. yeah. So like it's usually very, right unusual jump in evolution we have we yes. have to admit that so too many mutations at once so, so. many and it still works so, so maybe we we break that down there so a, a, approximately it has around 50 uh, mutations that were not seen in combination before so other variants have some of these mutations you know either or or and but this is all of them in, together right and turns out around 30 of those mutations are in the spike protein and it and as we know the antibody uh, therapies we have, whether it's the monoclonal antibody or whether it's the vaccines that induce antibody are against that spike protein. But what we don't know yet, everybody freaked out. What we don't know yet, because it takes time to do those studies, is whether those antibodies are as effective against blocking this virus entry into cells or not. We We, we don't know. Everybody freaked out. If you... As of December 6th, if you read something out there that's, uh, that, that is very confident, uh, they're, they're lying to you. We, we, we don't know the answer to that yet. There's a lot of unknowns. Beware of anyone overconfident with their information. We simply just don't know yet. There's a lot of discussion about unknown things with conjecture, hypo- hypotheticals. Uh, I, let's wait for the data. Do you Let's mind for the data? I, I, I just kind of want to explain to our, our viewers and listeners about what exactly we're talking about here with mutations to the spike protein. Have we ever really discussed it that much? No, have I? So this any any virus that, that we're talking about, this this type of virus, they have the ability to mutate and, and change. And when the, that happens, it's usually not a functional change. In other words, the virus is not going to make you sick. It's just going to be dead if you will I don't, they're not alive but they're uh, they're non-functional but once in a while it gives it a genetic advantage and what i mean by that is is so we, we keep talking about the spike protein so if you look at this this is a spike protein my index finger we're talking about what the virus uses to find a new cell to attach to and it, it attaches to the uh the ace2 which is a uh a receptor involved in our biochemistry okay and so it uses that to get it something, right something and physiology, right, Chris? Yeah. I don't want to converting enzyme, yep. yeah. angiotensin yeah, converting one. enzyme two receptor. <laughs> exactly. So it's going to bind to that. But you know what? We make really good antibodies. That's the target. That's what we put in your vaccine. So when you get any of these vaccines, it all has to do with that spike protein. And so when we're talking about mutations, what it's doing is changing the shape of the spike protein, not the function. It still works. Mm-hmm. All the antibodies that we made just really don't see it anymore because it's a it's a, a three dimensional interaction between those antibodies or don't see it as strongly as strongly if right. at all if at all you know, yeah. you know that many mutations that's why I'm really surprised well we don't know where works. so the mutations are in the spike protein but are right. they in the part of the spike protein that the antibodies interact right because yeah, the, we don't know the antibody yep. interacts with certain parts of the spike not the entire spike right correct so again we need we need to find out and yeah. scientists are working really hard on this but everybody freaked out pretty quickly but, right. but the numbers are kind of coming in now, right? And it, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like it's going to be that severe. 
Well, early reports, and this came from a, a nice synthesis, uh, synthesis article in Nature from four days ago, from December 2nd, really summarized uh, the, you know, things to be aware of, the things to be on the alert about, but then some of the hysteria, I guess, about um, Omicron and why we shouldn't freak out yet, why this is not something to be really, really concerned about, no hysteria. And sure. early reports coming out so far reporting breakthrough infections with Omicron saying that these infections have been mild. And this yeah, doctor who, yeah. And this doctor who led a lot of COVID-19 vaccine trials in South Africa, um, he's been on the forefront of these epidemiological studies of the um, effectiveness of vaccines. And he's studying right now the effectiveness against Omicron. He's saying right now that's a positive sign that these early infections have overall been mild. Yeah, I also saw a report, someone saying that they haven't seen deaths with it yet. But again, I don't know. How would they know? Yeah, right? I mean, that would be very difficult to track, I would think. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. So a couple unknowns. Is it more lethal? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, can it evade current antibodies, whether that's natural or vaccine induced? We don't know. We're going to have to find out. You know, it's funny because I remember... <laughs> A year ago or so, a year and a half ago, where, you know, all this data about the vaccines were coming out and everybody was praying for 50% efficacy, right? Like, oh, right? we get to 50%, we're going to be great. Yeah. Right? Then we were over we were 90%, 95%, fantastic. Now, let's say a new strain is, you know, vaccine is effective, 60% against it. Everybody freaks out. Everybody's going to think well, the world's see. ending. Let's see, Delbert, you had COVID? I haven't had COVID yet. Chris? Uh, as far as no, no, me either. That's 100% right there. Yeah, 100% great protected. vaccine. I've been vaccinated. <laughs> well, I, I, should, I should rephrase I haven't had COVID that I know of, right? Well, true. Good point. I haven't had symptoms to go get tested. Yes, you know, but maybe you also I was like asymptomatic. Social distance, I, so. I don't know exactly. Yeah, I've so been, my I've been question too. My question to the immunologists in the room or in the Zoom room um, wouldn't the, these proposed or purported threats of these new variants, wouldn't that be even more of an impetus to get the booster if you've already been vaccinated, like fully vaccinated and you need a booster? Because if you get the booster, you're basically re-upping or enhancing those neutralizing antibody levels again. And isn't that increasing your chances that even if Omicron can evade the antibodies a little bit better than let's say it's quote unquote cousins or predecessors, you increase those antibody levels. It increases the chances that you run into it. Those antibodies recognize it and you suppress disease. I I understand the question you're asking. And I think it's a games number, right? So if, if it can evade antibodies, let's say by 50% and Mm -hmm. maybe you have by boosting, you have twice as many antibodies or more. Uh, is is that beneficial? Sure. Okay. Um, the, the, the our booster is a good thing. Absolutely, I got mine. I recommend people go get theirs. Uh, the more antibodies you have, the better. Even if they're shittier antibodies than than the ones you used to have that were you know against a different variant, fantastic. Do we need more data to answer that question? Yes, we do. Yeah. That, that's my take on it. I, I don't know what Keller thinks. What do I think? All right. 
I'd like to hear this. So you do want I? to know what I think? Oh, I thought Delbert know was going to answer that for him. No, no, I, no. I said I'd answer. like to know what Keller thinks. Oh, uh, I'm on the same page. So I, you know, I, I, I believe that everybody should be vaccinated. I think you should all get vaccinated if you're not. I, it offends me that people don't get a vaccine sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not hard. No. Even if it's not functional, it's not hard. And it's, it's not going to hurt you. These vaccines are, are very safe. They're probably safer than any vaccine we've ever had. I, I agree with that, actually. Of, I think the safety profile is more safe than most vaccines. That's we what we're finding out. Like, and don't look, even think about, the, think about how fast the, 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 the majority of the population got vaccinated in a lightning round speed. And you would have heard. You would have heard if there were a lot of, of deaths and side uh, effects. What did we say? 8.21 billion doses. If this vaccine was unsafe, uh, folks, you would have we heard. would have heard something. A 8. lot. 8.21 billion it. doses. Think about it. what's 1% of 8.2 billion. Jesus, yeah. 1% really? is 8 million. You would have heard about yeah. 8 million uh-huh. people. No, yeah, it's, in, it's insane. You haven't the, heard that. The stuff out there about unsafe, it's insane. Yeah, so the one thing is it's safe. Two, is it, effect, is it effective? It, I didn't get COVID, so there's your N1. And my whole family did, and I was vaccinated. Um, I say you get it, even if, if you know, you're not sure. Don't, don't put politics in it. Just get the thing. Is it going to work against these, these new variants? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, the thing is, they're going to change, but it gives you a really, it gives you an immunological edge, at least, because we know for from, sure. For sure. from flu, from the influenza, it's the same reason we get a flu vaccine every year is to keep up with exactly what coronavirus is doing too. And so will we have an annual coronavirus vaccine? Perhaps, perhaps not. We'll have to see. We don't know how well our antibodies will respond to that spike protein. It might be that you don't need to, to have a, a booster to have effective antibodies. But that's my take on it is, you know, get yourself vaccinated, get, get your kids protected. Even if you've had the, the disease, it's not hard. Just don't, don't do it for the wrong reasons. Don't, don't say no for the wrong reasons. Right. Just, yeah. No, get, get, know, if, get educated. You know, this, this, uh, it, why don't we end it with this summary? This podcast, from a political perspective, we've got people on both ends of the political spectrum here, and we all agree vaccines are a good thing. You should go get vaccinated. Uh, getting protected is a good oh, thing for you and your family. We're not talking about personal freedom here. We're no, just talking no, about no. whether this or not is, this is common sense. Whether or not it's a good idea to get vaccinated. Sense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm just talking. I'm talking common sense. I'm talking science and. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, you know, know, if you, uh, if you what, want to fight the man, fight the man, but just don't be an <laughs> idiot about it. Okay. Fight. Right. You know, go ahead and this fight the man. This is not the, the man, time but, to do it. But be healthy. Right. Be healthy. Now, on the other, when on the you other fight hand, the man. listen, on the other side, I want to say this too. If you're somebody who is vaccinated and somebody chooses not to, don't be a jerk about it because nobody's going to listen to you then and get vaccinated. Yeah. Right? If you want to yeah. promote people to, to make good choices and, and be healthy, they're not hurting your health at all. I'm going to say that right now. People are worried about getting sick from people that aren't vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you can make them sick just as much. That's what and the data if, shows. If by any remote chance. So it any, may be positive. Anybody with uh, political power is listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. The travel ban against South Africa is utterly dumb. It's stupid. The virus is everywhere. It Look, was everywhere before we want to turn this into a politics podcast. I think we'll have a lot more viewers and listeners. Oh, yeah, you know what? We would be but we're also going to have a lot of hate mail. 
I'm we would saying we're good at it too. But but, but you the know, reason I don't I forget that, things. The reason I don't I say forget that, things. Hold on, I don't forget things. And the ahead. same thing happened under Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I nobody agree. from nobody yeah. from from no, China. No, no. I, man, I agree with you. 100%. Man, look at the fallout for the media. If the media would just get their nose out of the business, get their nose out of it, we wouldn't have panic to well, I mean, to the it, is, it, it is their business to do this kind of you know hysteria. No, right? no, 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 no. Their business is to promote things that they want to promote. Well, that, which, they're which not. Is, they're which not, is apparently this. They're biased. <laughs> which is the problem is going to be on the They're the ones that made the scare to Omicron. But anyway, anyway, anyway so it's no, not political podcast, but but <laughs> the travel ban, and I'll tell you why it's dumb. And this is not political statement. The fact oh, if 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 no 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 no, I'm talking about medical supplies, and I'm talking about science supplies now not going to an area that is at the yeah. forefront of this viral research and that detected this research first and told the rest of the world about it. And what do we do? They did what they were supposed to. Yeah. And what do we do? We punish them by blocking travel. And also that ends up blocking shipments of needed medical yeah. and research supplies. Does it though? I mean, air travel is one thing. Is it going to Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell, you, I'll, I'll tell you why. I actually discovered this I don't know. while- what No, I, I discovered it while reading about it more. So- uh, commercial travel is one thing, right? But uh, or like you know, passengers is one thing, but cargo travel, yeah, right. So yeah, Very so important. you can send a plane over, but you, it has to be manned, and these people can't come back because of travel uh, restrictions. Restrictions. Yeah. So then these companies will not send supplies over because yeah, they, I, I, their people got trapped. I agree with you. I mean, the same thing happened with Ebola. Yeah, yeah, it's right. idiotic. The right thing to and then, do is And then all of a sudden, Ebola is in Houston, and whose fault's that? You know? Yeah, no, it was idiotic. We it did. We idiotic. had we had travel restrictions for Ebola, and nobody. There was wall that. to wall coverage on Ebola, and there was one case. It's it's idiotic. <laughs> well, they need something now. To now talk you can't about. not go anywhere and hear the word COVID. Right? I can't walk down the True. street without hearing COVID. So. I forget speaking, what it was. COVID of, wins. Go ahead, Fun. I was just going to say I forget what it was last week. I was watching, but they were talking about the travel ban or trying to keep it sequestered uh, in South Africa. And whoever the host was said, yeah, and it's been pretty effective so far because so far um, Omicron has been found in Australia, Europe, and then they just listed off all the countries. I, think it was and one of them, I saw that. Yeah, clip. Okay. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And it was uh, Canada too. And Canada was just all colored in red. It's everywhere. It is everywhere. It is idiotic. It's everywhere. Just, um, Speaking safe, of get your vaccine, the, you know, if uh, we'll keep you updated, the media surely will keep you updated, you know, listen to your doctors and people. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's not, it's not the second coming of COVID. No. Yeah. And we have the no, Delta no, variant. No. We have this variant. We're going to have other variants. Trust Absolutely. Me. And we're going to run out of Greek alphabets to pick. And uh, oh, and by the way, repeat. the reason that, yeah, the reason it's Omicron and we're on O now is because we've already named the other variants. It's not mm -hmm. that it didn't happen, right? Yeah. I mean, Delbert, they, you led with yeah, that. They were just not made. We've had a lot of mutations already. Uh -huh. We've yeah. had a lot of strains and, and those kind of you know, fickle out. And, and, yeah. and so they're yeah. gone. Yeah. This may be a bigger player. Fine. We'll take care of it. Sure. Yeah. I agree. Humans speaking, of, speaking of coronavirus overtaking the news and masking any other newsworthy, we are at this episode's scientific study. So uh, coronavirus takes up much of the health news these days, right? So it's hard to notice other science news that's worthy of discussion. Yeah. So 
as we are wont to do, we're digging through the literature, um, we came across an article called a novel nidovirus associated with acute febrile illness in Hokkaido, Japan, published on September 20th, 2021 in Nature Communications. So not to freak people out because this is not a freak worthy virus, but there is a new virus called the Yezo virus, abbreviated Y-E-Z-V. Well, that's a sticker. Or yeah, <laughs> or Y E Z V if you are across the Atlantic. Yeah. So it is transmitted by tick bites and it causes this acute febrile illness. So you get a lot of fever, thrombocytopenia, so low platelet counts, and leukopenia, so low white blood cell levels. And you need these cells to fight disease effectively. And it's a tick-borne virus. It is now in the orthonidovirus genus, which mm. includes about 15 or so uh, different viruses, including some that our listeners may have heard of, such as Crimean, Congo, hemorrhagic fever virus. Who's ever heard of these? <laughs> well, the other ones, I mean, Dugby virus and oh, Kasokiro yeah. virus. Right there, you know, I, mean, I have never that's heard a, that's of That's a table state right there. <laughs> But Casso virus. I mean, we 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 study that in the lab. You know? I, 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 have, I had never heard about that one till till I looked up the. You know what's interesting virus. about these viruses you're mentioning though? Um, rarely, rarely are viruses transmitted by ticks. That's a yeah. so tick uh, mainly yeah. mosquitoes transmit viruses. Mm-hmm. Mosquito species. Mm-hmm. So or uh, you know human to human transmission or yeah. Yeah, well, maybe, but, but yeah, but in the, terms of vector the, the t- the t- yeah, ticks are more vectors for bacteria and parasites. And the mm-hmm. you know, um, there's there's a few we have tick Colorado fever virus in this country, and then we've got um, yeah, the, the biggest one here is probably crime in Congo, hemorrhagic well, virus. You mean okay, I was thinking tick for tick viruses, disease, Lyme, yeah, yeah, no, for, for, for viruses, and so. Um, I think we're probably going to find, I mean, as a, that's, that's my area is tick-borne research. I think we're going to find a lot more viruses that are affecting humans occasionally that, that come from ticks. So viruses from ticks, I think we're going to find that. Yeah. So with these uh, studies, so they, they, the virus was isolated from two patients showing symptoms after tick bites. So these guys went on hikes in this Hokkaido forest in Japan, right? Mm-hmm. And this is in 2019 and 2020. And they were both admitted to the hospital for long stays. They had fevers, low platelet counts, low white blood cells. And then so they, they, they did their regular screening. Do they have Lyme disease? Do they have this? Do they have that? Sure. They, they, negative for everything, right? So eventually they found virus RNA in these patients and then they started screening to see what it could be. And then they found, uh, uh, they, 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 they found these, these virus cells. They were able to isolate these virus, viruses from these patients. They grew them in, in cells. They infected mice with them. The mice developed similar symptoms. And then they said, okay, well, is it isolated to these two patients or is there something in this population in in japan where they potentially have had this virus before and we just didn't know it so it turns out they had stored blood samples in in the hospital so they went through all of these blood samples uh, for for patients with suspected tick-borne diseases and it turns out they actually found uh, RNA uh, for this virus in seven patients who were admitted to the hospital uh, between 2014 and 2020. So over the period of six years, turns out other people had had it and they just did not 
uh, did not know this. And uh, more evidence for this uh, new virus came from antibodies and RNA measurements. They were actually able to find the wildlife reservoir for it. Um, they, they found it in uh, Shika, Hokkaido, Shika deer and raccoon, uh, raccoons, raccoon dogs. Oh, uh, rodents. Raccoon dogs? I just want to know. Yeah, you know, I the I, dogs that chase raccoons. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know it either. I had to look that one up. Yeah, yeah, you're on the right track there. All right. And uh, so they did find it in deer and raccoons, and mm. they also eventually found it in in ticks and uh, some some major tick species. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, exodes uh, are two of the three main ones. But good news is, what the no, what's the other one? It's the uh, hemophysalis, uh, hemophysalis, I think it is, or it is. Mo- I looked mo- it up, yeah, hemophysalis, yeah, hemophysalis megaspinosa, yeah, that one, that one. So, You're but welcome. anyway, so major conclusion from here new virus out there, it's an orthonirovirus, it's in ticks in Japan, it does not seem to be associated with uh, a disease before, but it is now, and uh, it's the YEZV virus, and um. There seems to be possible endemic circulation in Japan based on these uh, samples they tested that they had looked at from uh, last uh, six years or so. So just just on the side, when uh, when I saw that this was the paper that you wanted to talk about, uh, I remembered at one point, I, I can't remember which student, but it came up at one of our journal clubs about this virus and the potential for XD scapularis to transmit it. And so it might be something that we're actually looking for over here. Sure. Sure. You know, with, uh, with global travel, anything's mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this paper has been on my radar for a couple episodes now, but we had other more interesting ones to talk about, but yeah. So uh, there is that, there is that. Interesting. So we've got, Two things left, well, three things left. And I don't know if we have time for all of it. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I can go longer, but it's it's up to you. It's been about maybe 35, 40 minutes. So um, uh, maybe pick one of the two in the games. Well, what do you guys, and then leave one to the next I mean, episode. I'm, what do you guys want? I'm good saving Nobel Prize for next episode. And I don't know, I just thought that this, um, this Alzheimer's thing that we discussed and mentioned last episode about... Um, the Alzheimer's treatment that we briefly mentioned. Sure. Let's do it. Okay. So if, if you tuned in to listen about the Nobel physics prize, we'll talk about that next episode. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And uh, let's talk about the uh, Alzheimer's uh, vaccine. Sure. Yeah. So um, the first human clinical trial of a vaccine that can be um, nasally administered that hopefully or Alzheimer's, you mean not just nasal because we have flu nasal, flu mist. You, you mean for Alzheimer's? Yeah, yeah. The, the, it will be administered in a nasal uh, nasal route uh, mm. to slow the progression of Alzheimer's disease. And this is basically the culmination of almost 20 years of research. Um, a lot of people have been working on this. And again, within the last 20 years, a lot of preclinical evidence before the use of human clinical trials has led to the possibility or the potential of this nasal vaccine 
for treating Alzheimer's disease. And um, if the human trials determine that the vaccine is effective and that it's safe for human administration, um, this could be a very efficient and very safe non-toxic treatment for not only helping people who have Alzheimer's, but it might be able to be provided and administered early to help prevent Alzheimer's in people who may be at risk for developing the disease. Um, the vaccine basically utilizes this experimental um, chemical or agent known as uh, protolin. And the basic mechanism of effect of protolin is that it stimulates the immune system. Basically, it prompts and enhances uh, white blood cells in the lymph nodes on the sides and the back of the neck to begin traveling and migrating to the brain with the goal of clearing and maybe eradicating those beta amyloid plaques mm. that begin to aggregate in the brain, which is, of course, the marker and the hallmark of patients suffering from Alzheimer's disease. So if we take um, a, just a small yeah. step back to, so Alzheimer's disease, the pathology of it is that in the brain, uh, there is what, a, a plaque formation, these, these plaques start forming that yep. lead yep. to neurodegeneration, uh, cognitive dementia, cognitive decline, cognitive dysfunction. Yeah. The whole nine yards. Right. And these plaques are primarily made of this misfolded uh, beta amyloid protein, or is it, uh, beta amyloid that gets, how, how does it work? Is it misfolded beta amyloid? Well, I mean, basically these protein pieces that are known as beta amyloid start clumping and aggregating together. Yeah. Yeah. And the um, beta amyloid actually comes and originates from a larger protein that is originally found in um, the membrane that surrounds our nerve cells. And uh, they're very sticky, these plaques yeah. are. So okay, the I mean, beta amyloid proteins are chemically sticky, they aggregate and adhere together. They're hard to break down. And they're very, very hard to break down into smaller pieces. I mean, we've talked about prions before, right? And yeah. I mean, the, it's it, we know from science that prions are not, so prions are infectious proteins. They're, they're not the cause of Alzheimer, although there's other diseases like Creutzfeldt-Jakob, mad cow disease, I think it's probably the biggest one from the, from the news. Right, uh, that that are caused by pre now chronic wasting disease in deer and elk, which is a big deal uh, for the hunting population. So these these are very similar in that that you like like Delbert said you have a, a misfolded protein, so it, it's it's easy to to break that protein down, but then it folds different, and now you can't break that sucker down, and so it gets internalized by by neurons, and the neurons are like I'm mm -hmm. dead, I don't know what to do anymore. So it just, it makes them non-functional. It's kind of similar here. And you actually see with, with like new variant, Chris Fodiakov, the one from Mad Cows, you see amyloid blacks. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not beta amyloid. It, it's really, you know, it, it's really the scrapey prion protein. But it's the same idea. You're not able to break it down. So and the, these are associative uh, markers um, right. in terms of indicating uh, the presence of Alzheimer's disease or severe Alzheimer's disease with these beta amyloid plaques. I don't know right now, if memory serves me correctly, I don't know if they know the exact specific mechanism on if so. and how 
the development and aggregation of these beta amyloid plaques oh, buddy. actually That's a physiology or medicine Nobel Prize winning oh, yeah. question you right there. Out, you answer sure. that question, my God. He, but go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what, from this whole thing that we're talking about here, the, the one that the really stands out to me is they're calling it a vaccine. Mm. And, and historically, vaccines, yes, are preventative, but we have a lot of preventative medications. We have prevention of of different diseases. We don't call them vaccines. I mean, this is an infectious yeah, is disease. And to date, this is not known as an infectious disease. And so, you know, that, that really kind of changes the term vaccination or immunization where we're, mm-hmm. well, at well, least well, immunization would be okay with. Vaccination has been for infectious agents. Immunization mm. uh, might you know, be a okay. better term here. I was going to argue the case for cervical no, cancer because we've got a vaccine that prevents cervical and then prevents yeah. the virus. You're right. It prevents it's not, it's it's not absolutely. it's preventing cancer from a virus. And so, so this this quote unquote vaccine here for Alzheimer's, right? It basically intranasal, right? So it's a, it goes in the nose, right? And then it's supposed to prompt white blood cells to go in the cervical lymph nodes and then from there migrate to the brain and start getting rid of these plaques that are a hallmark of Alzheimer's. Yep. Okay. Is this a mechanism? What, what, what phase of the trial are they on Funner? So right now it's still phase one. And with the phase one trial, it's going to involve 16 patients aged between 60 and 85 years old. And these patients are exhibiting early and diagnosable Alzheimer's disease symptoms. Otherwise, they are in uh, good health. I guess no other comorbidities or um, confounding factors there. So a phase Uh, one trial is going to look at whether there are any nasty side effects to the treatment. Is that right? Yeah. Sorry, and yeah. I think we discussed this probably if a year yeah, and a half just ago remind now. our listeners we've yeah, discussed yeah. it plenty. Um we're gonna determine via the phase one trial of the vaccine is safe, uh, the percentage and proportion of patients that are able to tolerate it. These are patients and though. what's that in phase one patients. trial, there it's just it, it's it's not it's healthy volunteers. Well, I and so these these I think the reason they're being called patients in this case is because they have because they signs have Alzheimer's of disease. early Alzheimer's. Well, then, then that would be a phase two trial. So a phase one trial is, is performed in people that don't have the disease to look for side effects and mm-hmm. you know any like you said any nasty side effects and maybe maybe dosing a little bit, but really phase two trials are for small groups of of patients with the disease. So. I, wonder, I didn't read I wonder, the paper. I didn't read this paper, but I'm wondering, you know, yeah, between uh, calling it a vaccine and calling, and, and, and I think their nomenclature is way off. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah, could be, could be, uh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah I, could be. I'm gonna look up to confirm right now. Maybe that was an error in the article itself, but uh, I want yeah, if, to if there, say phase one trial, it should be phase one's always look. I had somebody that I worked with, healthy dude. At Pitt, he did every phase one trial he could do because, well, that's where you make some money when you're a poor grad student, right? Doing all Actually, yeah, you can, get paid. you can get paid for this stuff. But yeah. um, so, I mean, by definition, that's what a phase one trial is. So a phase two trial is where we start to include patients with the disease. Yeah, but, you know. Uh, so here uh, an article is saying participants 
who have early symptomatic Alzheimer's disease. So they're still looking at patients who have AD, who have Alzheimer's. Yeah. So, I mean, I would per- personally classify that as a phase two. Phase two, right yeah. Maybe. According to the FDA, if not me. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I wonder I wonder if... Um, maybe semantics here. I, I don't care, but... Yeah, I wonder. No, yeah, I'm. I'm. Is this a U.S. trial? I'm wondering where it's happening, right? Because we we, we call them we right. call them these names in the U.S. I wonder if okay, it's in a different country. Point. I don't right? know. Boston, it, look, Boston, Massachusetts. It says Brigham and Young and Women's yep. Hospital. Boston, okay, so that's so. in Boston. Yeah. So I would think they'd be going with our definitions, but then again, hey, maybe it's changed. Nobody told me. I don't know. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure one of our listeners will let us know, right? Because Dr. I think was wrong. I think, hey, uh, let me know if we're wrong. That way, at least that I know they're listening. I'm 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 trying to think because I think uh, one of the companies that's doing the work is is it is that a Japanese company? The it sounds like it. Jiangsu a Chinese company. I think it's a Chinese company. developed and made the Jiangsu oh, yeah. Nua Pharmaceutical Company. I think that's a Chinese company, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there's some different nomenclature there. But anyway, yeah. So. Cool. Uh, it's good news either way. I think you I know believe. it's it's yeah. about time we have some sort of vaccine progress. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say treatment, <laughs> some sort of treatment for. for well, that's a preventative this. technique, so it's not really yeah. a treatment. It's a vaccine. No, that'd be great. That'd be great. If no, we it wouldn't be. I, I don't want something to light, chew up these plaques. It would be. Someone's got to chew them up. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, we're running on about 40, 45 minutes. Let's do any, anything else on that, Fawner? I'm sorry. Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. Those are the major uh, bullet points that we wanted to hit. Do they know how that... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask one more question. Do they know how that uh, protolin uh, works? In like, terms I, of how it's going to clear out those... Well, it's probably to activate the immune response. Or how how it directs the white blood cells. Yeah. I think like, I'm trying to remember, I think it was originally maybe designed as an adjuvant. Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's why they call it a vaccine. Yeah. You know, that could be why they called it a vaccine. You're right. So and for our listeners, an adjuvant is a component added to vaccines to make them more immunogenic, to make them more likely yeah. to cause an immune response. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this was an adjuvant originally. Might have been. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, let me let me try to Google that. Really. The first thing that comes up is nasal vaccine for Alzheimer's disease nearest humans trials. That's 2019, though. Okay, so a Wikipedia article says. Oh, you it, can buy it if you want Pertolin. It's in packages. Oh, you can. Okay. Pertolin uh, resin. Do not do, do not self-administer anything at home. We're not recommending that. <laughs> Uh, it is a vaccine adjuvant. Originally designed as a vaccine adjuvant. It contains was, yeah. I LPS uh, from Shigella and Plesiomonas shigelloides. Mm-hmm. Combined with hydrophobic... Plesio, did you say Plesiomonas shigelloides? Is that, yeah, I, well, that's not what I said. Oh, <laughs> Thanks what did you for say? the correction. I oh, said I'm sorry. I said Plesiomonas. Yeah, I, think it's ple- I think it's plesiomonas when well, I thanks for the correction. A, it's 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 basically a shigella like bug. If you cool, will. cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like it. And then uh, some components from Nigeria. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So that's gonna pretty much um, indiscriminately kind of activate. Yeah. Uh, immune exactly. Status. Wow. Oh. Hey. Good. I like it. Cool. That's that's pretty cool. I want to know how those uh, white blood cells cross the blood brain barrier, but that's a different different episode. Yeah, make it leaky. All right, let's uh, let's do the. Well, we'll do it short. So yes, let's do uh, last let's do. last episode's riddle, which seems like a long time ago, 
Uh, we had a 45-year-old male who had poorly controlled HIV, developed a lung infection. He smoked marijuana and cigarettes and had an occasional beer. And it was discovered that the marijuana was the source of the fungus that he got infected with. And really, if you do a quick Google search, you'll find that um, there's a fungus called Aspergillus, which is everywhere. And we had been- uh, guesses from the usual the usual suspect. I'm sure so. we did. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, we're just keeping it short today. Uh, nobody got this right, if I believe correctly. No, no, we had we had correct guesses from oh, the okay. usual. Yeah, we had correct those. guesses from the usual. Thank suspects. you for the yeah. usual suspects. You have our bling. Uh, so aspergillus is everywhere, and it's interesting to get uh, inhaled that way. There's also been cases uh, of salmonella through uh, uh, through smoking really? or contact with marijuana. Wow. Yeah, salmonella enteritis. Yeah. Where you got the poops. Yeah. Jeez. Interesting. Well, I, I kept it kind of simple today. I'm hoping for somebody to, you know, jump up and be excited to Google this stuff. So, uh, you know, there's a recent outbreak actually ongoing right now. There's a, an outbreak of a foodborne bacterial infection with consumption of contaminated salami sticks. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? The kind of the gas station, you're like, should I eat that? <laughs> and the answer is no, because it Always. has salmonella. No. It's the best kind. Never so, buy deli at a gas right. station. Yeah. No, this is not real salami. This is salami sticks. So <laughs> there uh for this outbreak right now, there's uh 23 people that were tested positive, and, and 22 of them, uh, I should say there's 23 people with symptoms, 22 tested positive. So 96% of people have the outbreak strain of this bacteria. Uh symptoms include watery diarrhea that becomes bloody. So just think about that pooping out blood. Mm. Uh, a fever higher than 102 that's pretty high 102 degrees fahrenheit and dehydration which is uh measured by decreased urine output and, and dry mouth things like that that's that's from the the diarrhea so this episode's question is to google the thing and name two other either food sources or animal sources that are involved in outbreaks of this pathogenic bacteria so tell me two other sources that you can identify and uh, it should be fun if you Google it and look at the CDC website. You're going to find a lot of fun things to talk about. Uh, they've got a nice uh, GIF <laughs> animation <laughs> uh, of of someone uh, with with uh, diarrhea. Uh, a kid is it you explosive? Know, get, getting, into a, getting into getting into a describe pool. Describe it as explosive. <laughs> getting into a pool <laughs> and then saying, "Don't do that." Uh, okay, all right, don't do that. Okay, well, uh, thank you for that. If you think you know the answer, uh, email us at thebiobusters at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check our Instagram page out. Share, subscribe, tell people. If you like this content, spread it around. We'll do more, I promise. This is the kind of, uh, in, it, this is the kind of viral content you want to spread. Spread it, spread it around. This is this this podcast and the content. This we, we want to go viral in a good way. Make this viral podcast way. go viral. Is that, that what you're that, saying? That's right. That's no, right. I like it. You Very can good. find us on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Amazon Music. You can also find the videos on Daily Motion. We Ooh, have links everywhere. to all of these in our show notes. Email us with things you want us to discuss. Email us with thoughts. Follow and share. Thanks for listening and catch you next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye.